So this is episode two of our podcast called Become a Podmaster, which is based on our book. But before we start, you know, I was in the shower this morning. I was singing in the shower, and then the soap got in my mouth. And that's what you call a soap opera. <laughs> right. Podcasting as a networking tool. Is this what we're talking about today? This has seriously been one of the things we've been pushing since the very beginning of Bad Media. Something you're very passionate about. I love it. So, quick background story. I pod faded a while ago with a very short... How many episodes did you do? Three. Three! (laughs) Ask me how many I did of mine. How many did you do? Thirty. Okay. Well. (laughs) Back in, I want to say 2019, I got really into trying to market myself as a musician. I had been making music for a while. I had made an album for myself and I did not know how to get a gig. I just did not know how to do it. Whenever you email or message a venue, you never get any responses. Promoters all have 100,000 emails in their inbox. So I was like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to get a performance going here. So what I did was I started the New Musician Podcast. And I did almost this exact same format, in fact. I just used it as an excuse to interview a bunch of musicians and concert promoters and all those things. And like me, with zero audience, managed to interview musicians I actually look up to and one of the biggest electronic music concert promoters in um, Gauteng. And then I got gigs. That's where my first performances came from. Because then I interviewed these people and then had a really clear idea of how to actually approach this stuff. And I got to have 45-minute chats with these people. They added me on Instagram. Some of them actually listened to my music. That concert promotes, I actually interviewed at the Tux FM studios because he was there for a, another interview. Mm. I was like, come quickly do my podcast. And then I played him my music afterwards. And he was like, oh, this is actually kind of good. Because he kind of rolled his eyes a little bit when I was like, can I quickly play my songs? And then he's like, oh, well, hold on. I actually think I know. You must speak to these guys. They do similar things to you. Mm-hmm. And then I actually, from that, said, hey, sent a message out to the one of my, like local musicians that I really look up to. And it's like, hey, do you want to listen to my music? This person said, you might like it. And then they did and gave me feedback. Let me put a small clip of that podcast in here. Just, just for context. Carl Kinsella produces music and DJs under the name Kid Robot and also has another side act called David and Goliath. He used to run Arcade Empire here in Pretoria, a really, really big venue, and he's involved with all kinds of things. So I reached out to him and got this interview. What I would recommend is support. If you see an event, the type of event that you want to play in, go. Go support all the events, be at every single show, network, meet the guys, chat to them. And as soon as you you build like a little bit of a network base, then you can chat to them about giving a mix or playing a couple free shows. Say you'll take that opening slot, but play a proper opening slot. Don't go in there trying to hit all the bangers and everything. And just build a network and a friendship base with the events that you want to play at, I guess. How's your musical career going? Are you are you still making music? <sighs> Look, I'm in a bit of a drought. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's it's very difficult to keep motivated with music i have made three albums in total mm-hmm. and an ep two ep so i have like five ish releases out but to answer the question why am i so passionate about this as a networking tool is because it literally worked 
and I had no platform. I got a paying gig at a festival once. So we're going to specifically focus in this episode about podcasting as a networking tool. We spoke to truly some incredible podcasters, Dan, Kelsey, and Benji. These are the ones we're going to focus on largely throughout this episode. And they all come from completely different situations. So let's meet them quickly and see who they are. My name's Dan Sanchez. My friends call me Danchez. I'm obsessed with marketing. I've been obsessed for a long time. And currently, it's led me to the place where I am fully focused on podcasts as the main pillar of generating inbound marketing leads for the companies that I work for. My name is Kelsey Buchholter, and I am a singer-songwriter, actor, dancer, nutrition advisor, health coach, and the host of the Human Theater podcast. I am Benji Block. I work for Sweetfish Media. We're a B2B podcasting agency. I'm the host and executive producer for B2B Growth, which is a top 100 marketing podcast on iTunes. So Ethan, you, you've been talking about podcasting as a networking tool and the value it has. I mean, one of the first people when we started the company, we spoke to Marlon August, who does exactly this. He's got practically no listeners and, and Marlon, excuse us for, for saying this, but his main reason for doing this is to meet people that he potentially wants to do business with. And he said about 80% of them turned into clients or something like that. Yeah, because ultimately what you're getting is like a 45 minute to an hour long Zoom call with somebody who maybe ignored a cold request. That's kind of the biggest thing I want to get people's heads around. If someone randomly messaged you on LinkedIn who didn't know you at all and said, hey, can I send you an email with my red card? What are you going to do? Yeah. Delete, delete, them. delete. Yes. If another person who you didn't know at all maybe has some mutual connections or even not message you on LinkedIn with a well-constructed message aimed at you saying, Hey, Hendrik, I see you've got this podcast production company. You have this book. Well, I have a podcast and it's about marketing. Would you like to hop on? Sure, for sure. Immediately, I'm going to say yes. Why would you say no to that? Even if they have literally no listeners. Well, how would you know how many listeners they have? You don't. So if you publish a podcast on YouTube, which more people are doing, you can see stats. You can see. But most people put podcasts on podcast hosting platforms and you can't see the listeners there. Yes. But I believe even if they have no listeners, you can still get value from being on that podcast because you get some content to market. All you have to do is take some time out of your day to sit and record a podcast with this person. They're going to produce it for you and send it when it's done. And hey, you've got your LinkedIn post for the day. You've got the LinkedIn post for the next month if you you know, have a strategy around that. Yeah. So podcasting as a networking tool has truly worked for a lot of people. And I want to quickly talk about Dan and Benji before we get to Kelsey, because both Dan and Benji literally made and worked in businesses where that was the entire premise of the business. I was doing it for companies at Sweetfish as the director of audience growth, helping them grow podcast audiences so they can get more leads and generate that revenue for their company. Currently, I love what we were doing at Sweetfish so much that I couldn't handle spreading all that goodness across all the clients. I wanted to go all in on the strategy. I wanted to go all in on applying it to just one brand, which has led me here to Element 451, where I'm trying to take all the goodness that I learned at Sweetfish and just apply it solely to one full brand right now. Sweetfish pivoted from just being a marketing company or a content marketing company to a B2B podcast agency. 
he quickly took that model, wrote a book called Content-Based Networking, and started evangelizing that model of using something like a podcast to co-create content in order to grow and build genuine relationships. It's not like he's right, like taking people onto these interviews and then just being like, hey, do you want to start a podcast? You know, it's genuinely shining the light on his buyers, making them look awesome, promoting them, what their company's doing, how they're killing it with their career, and then building relationships with them. If they're in market, then maybe it becomes a conversation about podcasting. If they're not in market, then maybe it becomes a relationship relationship where that will turn into business later on. After working at Sweetfish for a couple of years, I personally felt my career change just as a result of being a a host on B2B Growth, uh, Sweetfish's main core podcast, because my relationships started to, to grow and that growth of that, those relationships built a real network, not like your cheesy sales. Hey, here's my business card kind of network, but a relational network, ones where I'm giving more value than I'm getting. And it's changed my career. I know it's made the difference for Sweetfish Media. Sweetfish has moved on to different types of podcast strategies now, but the birth of it came through content-based networking. People are always shocked by how readily people are available for podcasting like what i'm trying to say is how easy it is to actually get people to appear on your podcast even though you might feel that they might be out of your reach 100 most authors that i read they're all jump on a podcast or most of them will i'm always amazed at how many of them will be will give you their time and then you can actually talk to them about the book and the questions you have it's like free mentorship it's a it's freaking fantastic Talk about hacks to learning and growing your career. (laughs) Just being able to call all your favorite people and ask them all the juicy details one-on-one time. Most of these people charge hundreds of dollars for one-on-one consultation. With podcasting, you get it for free. (laughs) Let's look at the alternatives, okay? Let's say you want to get to know a VP at Gong, right? Which is a a good-sized company now. Not, Not massive, probably 800, 700 employees. You want to get to know the VP of marketing at Gong. It's going to be really hard to get them. They're busy because they're executing. It's the reason why they're a VP at a good-sized growing tech company with tons of promise. What are the alternatives for getting them if you don't know them and you don't know anybody who knows them? Okay? Because obviously, that's the best way to get to know them. If you know them personally or if you know have a strong friend who knows, knows them well, then you just ask for a referral. But what do you do if you don't have that? Can you send them a cold email? Lots of SDRs do. Shoot. They ignore those by the dozen every hour, right? I'm working as the marketing director in a venture-funded SaaS company. I get so many SDR (laughs) outreach emails now because they're all targeting me. And so I just put gated up and now I don't get any of them. So that makes it hard. Even if you have a really good outreach email, be like, I'll buy you a $50 gift card to this steakhouse near you. That would be good because it's customized, right? Because you're maybe picking a steakhouse they know about for what, 15 minutes? If you're lucky enough, they might show up and be like, cross their arms, be like, okay, pitch me. That's not a great meeting. All salespeople know that. That's a suck meeting. Podcasting is the easiest way to get through, especially if you're going through like a DM on social, if you find what social channel they're active on. And honestly, they'll give you way more than 15 minutes. Now, Kelsey, on the other hand, she's a hobbyist podcaster. She has a passion project. She's this awesome like theater person. And she got to interview David Kramer. Oh, wow. With, oh, that's a big name. Yeah. With South African, yeah. Big name. Massive, massive name. If you're a South African theater person, if you're a South African media person, David, if you're a South African, 
<laughs> at all. Deva Kramer is literally a legend in this country. And she got to have an hour-long conversation with this man over Zoom for her podcast that she had still been busy working on. Like, that's incredible. And now she's met him and can potentially talk to him again in future. Oh, my gosh. So many. I mean, doctors and researchers from all over the world. I've also interviewed a lot of South African artists and playwrights and also just ordinary human beings who are doing amazing things. So really, every single guest that I've had on so far has added so much value to my life and hopefully the listeners. Yeah, one of those that comes to mind is David Kramer. I also interviewed David Gresham, which was incredible. It's been pretty huge. And, you know, one of the when I told a few friends that I was, you know, really wanting to start a podcast, one of the criticisms I got was like, who who's going to accept to come on your podcast? Like, why would you even do that? Like, no one's going to accept. And I'm like, you would be surprised at how open people are. And it's it's such a great. Yeah, I love podcasts. I, I actually only started listening to podcasts in the middle of lockdown and lockdown. Like, those podcasts saved my life. And I think it's also more reason why I wanted to do the same thing. There's a new age of learning. And there's so much out there that is just... And it's all for free. It's incredible. So I also want to get back to quickly to the same thing we did when we did the podcast for content marketing. Is I managed to speak to some really cool and important content marketers who work for some big companies in this country and to pick their brains. And they were more than willing to share the information with us. It's like, it's no secret, you know, here, here's how you do it. I've been doing this for Pride Milling or whichever big company. And it was a really good tool, not only to get the information about content marketing for them, but to also make them aware of what we do. This is a great thing to chat about is also how free people actually are. And this is a, a thing across the board. Most people, when you ask them advice or you ask them about their industry, they're just so excited to actually talk about this with somebody because even if they're a massive person to you, they're this amazing marketer, the majority of the people in their lives don't actually care about the thing. Yeah, they're they're just another ordinary person. My friend I get drunk with on a Friday night. So you will be shocked the degree of secrets, of sharing, the degree of information that you can get out of people who are more than willing to share. Again, Dan and and Benji, both from production agencies, are sharing their secrets to how they market their company to another production agency. Yeah, freely. All they want is the link to the podcast when it comes out in a tag. How much would you pay for that to get a consultant to come into your business from another company and say, here's an hour's worth of my time. Let me give you all the secrets to how I do what I do. You literally, people literally pay millions for that kind of information and you can get it for free and get the email address and get their cell phone number and get them on LinkedIn and get all of that if you're really careful and strategic and honestly Dan and Benji made me realize that we weren't even getting a quarter of the value that we could have been getting out of these people when they send out a, a request they have a long form give us all your information let's have a half an hour pre-chat a week before the podcast to know each other when I release the episode this is what I want you to do Please give me your mobile number so that I can text you when the podcast is ready. So that instead of me being on your email list, I'm in your WhatsApp. I'm in your mm. iMessage. Mm. So truly, if you really have a strategy around podcasting as a networking tool, you could get literally no traction on your actual episodes and still get value. Incredible amount of value, yes. But your episodes will get traction. Because you've got some big names on it. If you've got David Kramer on your episode, people are going to listen to that. And if they get them to share it, 
They're definitely going to listen. Even better because they've, they've got the audience that you just tap into then. So I think if you've never done podcasting before, it can seem completely overwhelming. People don't know how much it is before they start. You just have a really good idea and you go and you record and you put it up there and then you realize, oh, damn, I've got to do episode three to 400 now and how the hell do I continue and I've got a full-time job and I don't know how to do this and how do I edit and you get stuck really quickly and then, as we said in episode one, pod fading, you know, people just fade out and there's millions of episodes that are or podcast series that are just two or three episodes and that's it. So how, how do you get started? buy a book let's just start <laughs> well there's a good starting point i've written a book about this called become a podmaster everything you need to know to master the art of podcasting and it starts right at the beginning why do you want a podcast who are you talking to and then it goes into how do you do it and how do you market it and all the other aspects that you need to think about so that book is available on our website bed.media you'll find the link in the description and so on and so forth so yeah that's that's the best starting point we of course also have a mentoring program it's a six-week mentoring program so if you're ready to start a podcast we can take you step by step practically through everything you need to do and we literally help you to write down those client avatars start planning your season script your first episode do some trial recordings and trial edits and figure out how all of that works and of course if there's things that you can't do or don't want to do that's also where we come in where we provide a full bouquet of services around podcasting so if you really want to get started just go to our website that's the best place to start and of course listen to the rest of the episodes of, of this little podcast so are there other ways that one can use a podcast that, that would bring benefit to your your hobby or your business or podcasting as an industry for you? So, look, I don't know if I can phrase it better than Dan did, honestly. Okay. I wish that we could afford Dan to come and work for us. Hey? I'll come yeah. and just grow by leaps and bounds. Oh, these people. The five are one, thought leadership. Two, industry influence. Three, ABM. That's what we just reviewed. It's account-based marketing. Four is for customers, customer success. And the fifth is an internal podcast. Okay, let's start with the first one, thought leadership. This is the one most companies want to do. Um, and it can blend with industry influence. But essentially, a thought leadership-driven podcast is, is you talking about your point of view about the big problem your clients are facing, or maybe multiple problems. And the trouble is, is that you have to actually have a really good point of view that really works and actually matters to your clients. But this is also probably the primary way you're going to grow a large audience if you can get a lot of people to rally around that point of view. So it's generally a layer of different strategies and tactics. Like if you're a fan of Andy Raskin, it definitely needs to have like a strategic narrative wrapped into it. You definitely need to have like a portfolio of thought leadership positions. And then you spend all of your time educating your prospects on those positions. Chris Walker is like the leading example of this, right? With his, what was the state of demand gen now is Revenue Vitals podcast, one of the top B2B podcasts out there now, where he's trying to educate people on how to create demand rather than just capture it. And that's kind of like his big thing. Don't just capture demand, which only 5% of the buyers are even in market right now, right? Go educate the 95%, generate demand with your social profiles, with your podcast, so that when they actually are in market, they're already favorable towards you because you've been educating them, you've been helping them, you've been so helpful in advancing their careers and their businesses. By the time they actually are in demand for what you sell, you're going to be on the top of the list when they're actually 
finding all the different options for to buy. So take that idea, apply it to a podcast because a podcast is a great way to educate your buyers. That's the thought leadership route. The other one is industry influence. This is kind of similar to the ABM route where you're building relationships with ideal buyers. But with industry influence, we all know that like there's gatekeepers in every industry. Some industries are really competitive. But if you can build solid relationships with those gatekeepers, how much easier is it going to be for your business to thrive in that ecosystem? So every industry's got like your your biggest vendors, your editorial, um, your chief editors of the main publications, your influencers, your thought leaders, the people who are on the speaking circuits, right? The people who get to control who gets to speak on those circuits. All of those people want to be on a podcast too. You can use that same playbook of content-based networking to build relationships with all the key head people. The cool thing is you can blend this in with that thought leadership strategy since all those people are generally thought leaders in the space too and blend the podcast, maybe 50% your ideas, 50% their ideas. Um, so you can actually use that route to do to do it too. Um, and again, the same playbook applies that you're building relationships with ideal buyers applies to that route. So you're trying to build authentic, genuine relationships by finding common ground, establishing report, finding ways to even, even sending them gifts after the podcast interview to thank them, all to build a report with the people who have the keys to the kingdom of your industry. We've had a few clients use that really well to break into competitive markets, even new geographic markets where they don't have any influence. They build relationships with all the like few dozen gatekeepers and all of a sudden they're getting into things. They're getting into conferences. They're being invited to speaking events because they have relationships with the people that have influence. So I did the account-based marketing, which is the third one. So I'll skip to the fourth one, customer success. This is the one I'm working on soon in Element 451. I just started there. So this is like the first thing I'm going to do is building a show all focused on customers. And the whole point of the show is not to get new net revenue, it's retention. Because what's the point of getting new revenue if you can't retain your current revenue, especially if you're on a ARR model where you're trying to keep customers? What I like to do is interview current customers that are killing it. They're absolutely killing it because of your service or because of your product. You get the playbooks out of them. One, that's just good product marketing. Now you're creating case studies on podcasting. And guess what? You ever like try to reach out to a customer to get a case study? They never want to give you time for that. But dang, invite them to a podcast interview. You just put that sucker on autopilot. Just do a weekly show interviewing customers about how they're killing it. Who wants to hear that? Other customers, because they want to leverage your product better too. Who else wants to hear that? People at the bottom of the funnel who are checking out your product, right? And if you you know, take a little bit of time to turn those podcast episodes into blog posts, bam, now you have a written, this whole long written testimonial. It's beautiful. And multimedia, if you get the video footage, oh, like how good is that? You're putting your product marketing on autopilot by just continually interviewing customers and taking that episode and putting it down and turning it into a blog post, social post, you can just put that thing on autopilot. Now you have product, a huge part of product marketing taken care of because you're constantly talking to customers that are doing well. The whole goal of that is mainly to retain customers, but it obviously has a huge impact on bottom of the funnel stuff too, since you're getting active case studies out there. Because all depending on your products, some customers really want to know how your current customers are killing it in their, their specific niche or industry. And then the last one is an internal podcast. This is number five. I've seen companies, Sweetfish does it too, where they have a podcast just made for employees. Think about it. How often are you training your employees on all kinds of topics? You have a large sales force. Why don't you do the training and record the sales calls and then have your, your sales trainer critique those sales calls 
but do it on a podcast. You can even make it a private internal podcast if you want. You can make it public, whatever you want to do, and make it easy for all the employees to go and listen to it at their own speed because you can listen to it on 2x or time and a half and their own time. All of a sudden, they can listen to it while they're driving now, maybe on their way to a next client. It's just way more accessible and easy to consume than it is to log into a formal LMS system where they can consume the material and watch the video. Sometimes you only need the audio. You can also use it for culture, um, for HR to be able to pump messages from the CEO or from senior leadership to kind of educate people. Instead of just posting it as a lame video on Slack, you can have a company podcast account where people get to hear about what's going on in the company. It could be company news, could be training, could be announcements. Uh, but you can build a culture and align your employees just through an internal podcast. So it just saves a lot of time. It's a very efficient model. What did we do today? What did we talk about? And what did we learn about our podcast? Well, firstly, how to get started. We've literally wrote the book on that. So start there. Then we spoke about podcasting as a networking tool, which is something that we specifically used this podcast for. So what does that say about our podcast? We have used it as a networking tool, but perhaps we need to be more strategic, strategic about that. Yes. How we actually get value out of this. And nurture those relationships that we've built. There's no use just going interview and then forget about you. It's a friendship that needs to build from there. For complete transparency, at this point where we're sitting right now, we have not followed up with a lot of these people yet. No. We have to. I'm, making, I'm saying this now on podcast to keep us accountable. We have to send them out. Look, once the episode comes out, It'll be a lot easier for us. Yeah. But but there's a there's an email to be sent now. Look, we are recording. Thank you very much for your input. We're looking, you know, to do some more episodes in the future. Might want to touch again with some more questions. How are you doing? Build report. And maybe yeah. here's a couple of things that we might ask you to give us mm. so that we can continue to build this amazing relationship with you. And then Dan blew our mind about some other ways to use your podcast, which we as a podcast company are internalizing and learning about. And I think it's another point of transparency for us, but we also want to show you that we don't necessarily know everything here. We have consulted people who have been doing this for longer than us, and we are learning from them. It might seem counterproductive for a podcast production agency to have another competing service on our podcast explaining things in a way that we can't. But I think for the listener, for you, I would rather put our cards on the table and show you, look at these incredible people that we are learning from, learn from us, and find some incredible people of your own. For sure. What are we talking about next time? I'll tell you what we're talking about next time. We're talking about producing a podcast, how to plan it, how to do your workflow, the importance of scripting, and then, of course, guests. So many podcasts have guests. How do you manage guests? How do you select them? And so on and so forth. And again, we've spoken to all these brilliant podcasters and people who are in this space and asked them for their opinion and their experience and tapping into that. So be sure to listen to that. So website, tell us about the website. All right. So Baird.media. Spell that, please, because most people can't spell it. <laughs> we did have to choose our surname. <laughs> of course we did. B-A-I-R-D dot media. Air with a B and a D. I'm going to keep pushing this until people get it. Go to that website. We've got all of our content up there. We've got previous podcast episodes. We've got the book. Become a Podmaster, everything you need to know to master the art of podcasting. And the second book, Purposefully Repurpose for Profit, how to create a content marketing plan easily simply by repurposing a podcast. Get those books. And seriously, it's the A to Z. Specifically, Become a Podmaster leading into Purposefully Repurpose. If you are stuck at any point, 
we've got a guide. And then, of course, we have the mentorship program where you can come for six weeks and we will practically help you to get started. Like we're doing with Barbara, she's a psychologist who teaches positive intelligence and leadership skills. 100%. That's not, that's not 100%. 100%. We're going to learn 200%. Part of this podcast is going to be me undoing my own vocal fix. <laughs> I think that's a story arc we're going to build into the show. But Barbara, she's an incredibly intelligent person who has a lot to say about leadership, positive intelligence, and she's starting a podcast with another person, Alex. We are step-by-step guiding them through week-by-week with homework, how to get their podcast going. And by the end of the six weeks, we'll have the very first episode produced and ready to show the world. And the season planned and the marketing in place and all the graphics and all the other things that you need for a podcast, which most people don't think about when they start. They just go, I've got a great idea. I should do a podcast. Um, And there's a lot more to, to think about. But anyway, we'll get to all of that in the future episodes. So be sure to come back and listen to some more. Like a, this is such chaotic podcast recordings. <laughs> <laughs>